Welcome all, welcome all. We got another wonderful health expert on here. We got, again, marriage and family therapists and sexologists, David Khalili on the show. Welcome. Welcome, David. Hi, Cam. Thanks for having me. Uh, he has authored the book, Mental Health Workbook for Men, published by Rockbridge Press, and made various other blog and podcast appearances. Uh, but uh, he is one of the many on the board for Rouse Relational Wellness, and uh, uh, which he'll speak about even more today. <laughs> uh, uh, first of all, uh, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to uh, join your podcast. I, like I told you over chat, I'm a big film and uh, TV buff, so I've oh. been appreciating your podcast. <laughs> yeah. And I'm also love to talk about mental health and mental health for men. So this sounds like a really good uh, combination. Absolutely. I I actually just started uh, therapy this year. It was long overdue. I was just like, you, you, got, you, got, you got to keep setting life goals. But like you say, I mean, you outlined in your book, uh, and it was actually very touching on how many will instantly say, oh, I have a mental illness. And it's like, no, no, no. Make sure it's an illness versus right. mental health. There's a yeah. difference. <laughs> and yeah, there's a <laughs> Like many men, uh, I love how there's various checklists and it it's just really good at dissecting the different layers to it without, uh, while also giving reminders, hey, you can stop here and re-digest the next five chapters the following day instead of just overwhelm yourself with all the different options and still not know what direction you're heading you know yeah that was a big point for me was you know encourage guys that are reading it to slow down and take it in rather than trying to power through it and you know beat their personal record and reading a workbook or going through a workbook it's amazing it's like people like to overwhelm themselves and it's like well i mean that's, you've just made twice the amount of work now <laughs> right right <laughs> uh, so first of all um what do you think the day came that you just you just absolutely felt that you just had to uh, share some of your learning uh, tools and just overall knowledge uh, with others, and you felt you had the patience to convey that to those who were going to listen? Yeah. Um, so I've been in uh, I've been in the world of sexual wellness for about twenty years, and in mental health for about fifteen years. And in sexual wellness, I would do peer education or peer education groups. Uh, I also worked in sex shops in Texas and in California. So I, I got oh. to see the difference in laws that are restricting selling of sex toys in Texas and California. It's um, really wild, isn't it? How oh, it's... Yeah. If you have more than six <laughs> sex toys, it's considered intent to distribute. <laughs> yeah. I And they, it's like they'll depending on who the lawmaker is they'll either leave it deliberately it's either comes off as gatekeeping or just deliberately vague because they don't want to deal with it and it's like well you just either way you caused more work for everybody because now they yeah. have to relabel their business and figure out yeah. if they're in violation of a state law or not and that's what we have to do we would we would have to take uh certain toys out of out of the packaging and you know if they had suggestive images or such we would have to put it in clear packaging and mm -hmm. all that good stuff but yeah and then i got into mental health and trained as a did my graduate school and therapy and um lots of postgraduate training and i really just enjoyed talking with clients and running groups and couple working with couples um and i found myself repeating some of the same things because people were coming to me with with anxiety or or trauma and so i um 
decided to start writing them down and and I've always been really loving writing and so I started with blogs I've been writing blogs on and off since early 2000s um and recently with Rouse Relational Wellness I really wanted to put as a lot of free and helpful information out there because a I feel like you know there's so much there's a backlog of need of sex health sexual health and sexual education information um and I get excited talking about this stuff. And then I also think it's a good way for people to see how we work and how we think and what our values are. Um, and then Rockridge Press reached out to me last year to to write this book. And it had been something that was on my mind. Um, I'd written a workbook previously called Sex Warriors, uh, mm. a mindfully queer guide to uh, anxiety for sex and dating. And uh, I can send you a copy of that as well. Oh, um, it's a 60-page workbook. Uh, it's on my site, rousetherapy.com. Uh, and it goes through like mindfulness techniques to help with anxiety to sex and relationships. Um, and so when Rockridge Press reached out to me, I was like, hell yeah, I really want to put something out there to help men and um, feel more connected to themselves, learn about themselves, understand themselves. A big thing that I hear quite a bit from men that I work with is uh, this concern or fear that they're going to come to therapy and they're going to get like fixed or they're going to get changed or something like yeah. that yeah 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 it's very common and, yeah and um my big piece is like nope you're not an object we're not here to to fix you we're here to understand you and you get to understand yourself you get to learn about yourself and and so that was a big piece for my book was hoping that guys that are reading this book they just learn more about themselves. They learn how they work. They learn how they react. They learn what's going on for themselves internally because there can be a lot of disconnection between our mind and our body. Absolutely. Uh, and it is interesting how it goes in kind of waves like that. Uh, I will see like even just regular therapy, people are like, oh, they're a gypsy. They're going to put a curse on me. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> but yeah. it's part of the, like you say, the insecurity. And it's interesting just seeing how it always comes out of the person you least expect too, where you're just like, oh, really? Uh -huh. Oh, you should know better. <laughs> <laughs> or or sometimes you just, they just want validation. You just say, well, okay, well, uh, why yeah. do you think that? Right. I think it, there's like the medical model of also, you know, going in and, and going to a doctor, getting a pill or kind of following yeah. a routine and then things a are going to be A okay. magic trick, snap your fingers, right. it's all over. I wish I could do that, you know. I, we you all know, do. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we need to help you understand yourself first and understand what's going on in the background before we can really get to work. Absolutely. And uh, uh, where were you born and raised? And did you have a lot of the same kind of support that you promote on your profession? Yeah. Um, yeah, I was born and raised in San Francisco Bay Area. And uh, both of my parents immigrated from out of the country. My My dad immigrated from Iran and my mom immigrated from Austria. Uh, my dad was Muslim. My mom was Catholic. Um, they didn't try to convert one another. And so I was raised in a very open household that talked openly about different religions, different cultural um, understandings and narratives. Uh, and also they talked openly about sex, sometimes in joking ways, but, you know, they they definitely talked openly about sex. And so that really helped me feel more comfortable talking about sex. I still have my own issues. We all have issues, you know, mm -hmm. especially being raised half Catholic, that'll, that'll do something to you. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I had really good sex education in the Bay Area, but there's also, there was still a lot of misinformation. Um, 
And so I'm still working through my own kind of gendered programming of opening up, of asking for help, of asking for support, of saying like, yeah, I'm, I'm in a rough spot right now. I'm, I'm overwhelmed or I'm burnt out. Can you help me out? Uh, those are still challenges that I, that I face as a man. I, that is very neat. Uh, my mother, my mother was actually born in a, a military base on Iran. And oh, wow. it, like you say, it's cool to get that just both sides of just different cultures, just all in one scoop, let alone yeah. understand why people think why they do and practice what they do instead of just, well, we, we, we don't talk about it in this household. <laughs> right. Right. And that's, I mean, that's its own big message, right? If it's, if that type of conversation or that topic is cut off, um, I mean, that's sending a big message that, you know, you are not allowed to talk about this. And then that, uh, that relays into uh, when people are in relationships or people are having sex, they don't, they don't feel comfortable talking about their needs or their desires or their boundaries. Not at all. They, they yeah. are just like, oh, cut out. Oh, this makes me look weak. Right. And we've yeah. all been there. We don't want to be beast of burden. But once we learn that others who pick on people who have a weakness are just as insecure, they just have a louder mouth. It, it's kind yeah. of easy to kind of see through and put your shields up while acknowledging, hey, I have an issue I want to figure out. Right, right. And and owning it. I think there's a strength there and, and knowing, you know, where you need to work on or where you benefit from working on. And um, yeah, I think that's a, a big strength. Absolutely. Uh, who was your, one of your main mentors, uh, whether in school or just in real life outside of family? Yeah. Um, recently, there's uh, I've been really into the the teachings of Martha Cowpi. It's K A U P P I. Uh, she's from the Midwest, I think, Miss Wisconsin. Uh, Very cool. Used to be a midwife, or perhaps even a, a OBGYN. I may be adding that piece, but um, <laughs> now she's a sex therapist, and she trains other sex therapists. And she's she wrote a book on. Um, clinical toolkit for polyamory, but she really has this wonderful way of approaching talking about sex and relationships that's non-shaming, non-judgmental, but also holds people accountable, kind of pushes against some of the, the narratives that keep us restricted. Um, and so I just really like the way that she talks openly about sex. She's very direct, but compassionate and kind, um, and helps you really broaden your understanding of, of sex and relationships. Um, I'll definitely have to check her out. That's that's cool. Yeah, and then Bell Hooks is another one. You know, she wrote the the Will to Change, which is a really transformational book for for men to read. I I recommend it to everyone. You know, um, especially men, but also those who know men, which is lots of people. <laughs> um, mm. And she talks beautifully about uh, how patriarchal messages and uh, narratives both impact women and men themselves and how men get really impacted by cutting themselves off from their emotions because they're told they can't have emotions or um, there's only particular ways that they can show emotion or show love. Yes. So yeah, I would say at the Very moment, those riveting. are my two, yeah, two influences. Yeah, I, I, it definitely seems like that's a part of it. Uh, have you kind of noticed that uh, since you've done some public speaking, uh, have you obviously kind of noticed that's also kind of a follow the leader tactic. Everyone's like, oh, you got to talk like this guy or that guy. It, it's so uh -huh. easy for people to start a rivalry. And it's like, well, it's not yeah. a contest. 
Right. It, it happens in the world of therapy so much with just with therapy modalities, like with couples therapy. Where'd you get that? Is it from that book? Oh, I, I can't listen exactly. to you. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, we can learn from all of them. We can Did he run you? combining them <laughs> yeah. anyways. Yeah. And I'm in. Um, so I saw that you also studied uh, a lot of psychology. Uh, what was overall on your main uh, mind? Uh, growing up that was like uh well on as to which profession you wanted to pick mm. yeah i um as a young one i like bounced around and really wanted to do different professions and i even i i got into the world of psychology because i actually wanted to become a filmmaker and uh i was making short movies and in, in high school and college and oh, lovely. Uh, yeah it was lots of fun um i like I applied to a few different grad programs or not grad, uh, college programs for, for film school. Uh, but then I saw the price of film school and I was like, oh, that's... <laughs> it's not pretty. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Um, <laughs> and I, I got really into film noir in high school and college and really They're loved the. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It, there's so much like shadow work in there and um, tension and, a lot about relationships and you know a lot of it is kind of high drama but it's it's captivating uh and so i decided to take some psych classes to help with my writing i thought maybe if i you know take enough psychology courses I, it could help me with some of my plot development um but then you know i took some psychology classes and i took some sexuality classes and i was like oh shit i'm i think i'm veering away from film now you know <laughs> I, I started to fall in love with that um, what do i attach myself to now that i'm right yeah <laughs> going a different way <laughs> yeah and so in that i was really into relationships i you know i started to talk to friends about their relationships and what they were going through and um i've had you know we were just talking about sleep earlier i've had issues with sleep and with anxiety throughout my life and so there's my own kind of personal journey with um with this process and so you know not unlike other therapists, I kind of started to use the things that were working for me and suggesting them to others. And um, I started to get really captivated by by both like the individual and issues around like social psychology, like how groups work and mm. how influence happens. And um, so yeah, those are my kind of my primary things. Also helping people feel feel okay with themselves, you know? Yes. Um, there's a lot of ways where we're told we're not enough or we're too much. And so helping people to decide for themselves, you know, what are your values? What is too much for you? What is not enough for you? You get to decide that for now. It does seem like we often get into a factor of we don't know our breaking point, like how much more do we need versus how less do we need it. it control is kind of a real mm -hmm. hard thing to do, too. I'm not sure what's good or worse for me. Um, right. How much control to have, how much to let go. Uh, do you feel like a lot of people just need uh, more than just goal sets and just more outlines generally? Yeah, I think, I mean, like, yeah, goals can be really good. And like knowing, knowing your long-term goals and then having short-term goals associated with those long-term goals are good because if you just have long-term goals, it, can be really easy to lose motivation or lose um um traction on it you know because it's like you're mm -hmm. not getting that that positive reinforcement uh and so i think that's super important and i also think it's really important to understand your own kind of patterns and narratives and relational ways 
so that you can see that, um, you know, while you may have these goals, there's something that's un underlying that is either helping it or hindering it. And, mm -hmm. you know, for me, like my big, big goal in life is to get more space to like slow down to be okay with things. But there's something in my psychology that keeps my, my schedule very busy. And that's like my and I'm, I know I'm not the only one. And, and maybe it's something about my brain chemistry with possible ADD, or maybe it's something different, um, seeking validation or something like that. But I like to keep busy. Uh, but then I get burnt out. And so then I'm like, okay, how do I find something more sustainable? And so trying to figure out, okay, what is going on underneath this that's telling me I need to stay busy? And that's nice. continued work. Find a reason for the method. Right. Right. Or, you know, we work with, at, at Rouse Relational Wellness, we work a lot with men and uh, and people of all genders that experience a, like, a compulsivity to sex and sexuality. Um, and so we, we don't tend to use the, the term sex addiction, although that's, that's commonly used. Uh, we use compulsive sexual behavior or out of control sex behavior uh, to help with reducing shame and helping you understand for yourself why you're going to these things. Are you, are you going to porn and sex for self-soothing? Are you going because you need a dopamine hit? Are you going because you're working out some sort of trauma that happened? Um, is there anxiety there that, you know, is, is keeping this going? Uh, and then the, what I really love about this modality is it helps you define for yourself what your values are and then helps you act in line of, out of those values. So mm -hmm. we're not telling you what to do or what's the right thing to do. It's, you're deciding for yourself, and then we're helping you, to the best of our ability, keep on track. That's lovely. And it does seem like the pleasure threshold just keeps uh, mm. changing various ways we can illustrate that, too, it seems. Um, yeah. All right. And there been any other kind of factors you've had to... And, miss you've had to uh bust as well just saying okay we're, we're to hear that okay that's you know that's a pop culture thing but that's not a right documented fact yeah i think the big one is um you know like we talked about earlier where people lose comfort in talking about or don't don't gain the comfort talking about sex and so related to that is this belief that you should just know what your partner wants or know how to get yeah. your partner off <laughs> and this is a two-way three-way four-way road depending on how many people you're playing with <laughs> um and mm -hmm. you benefit from communicating to each other and for, from showing each other what you like and some men take it very personally that you know their partners are telling them what they like or how how they like it um when it should be like a wonderful invitation and you know and i think it's because of that narrative of you know, a good man, quote unquote, or a good lover, quote unquote, just just knows what to do. But yeah. there's consent and boundaries that you need to kind of check in with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that is wild. Yeah. Uh, has there been a pretty good turnout uh, in terms of dealing with various clients at uh, Rouse uh, this year? Yeah, so, um, you know, we're like a two year young company. Uh, you know, like I said, I've been in mental health for 15 years. And I've gotten my training and supervising and, and training newer clinicians. And so I really wanted to refine my focus on sex and relationship therapy. 
And so that's all we're focusing on here. And we work with polyamorous couples, with queer folks, with people that are trying to conceive. Uh, we work a lot with men around sexuality, like I talked about. Um, and so we're we're starting to really build up our our uh, caseload. And we actually just started to introduce acupuncture because talk therapy can only do so much. So we're trying to bring in other modalities to help round out our services. Um, oh boy. And then we do online groups for those that are in California. And I'm actually going to be doing my first men in-person men's retreat in San Francisco in, on November 4th and 5th. And so it's going to be a two-day men's retreat. There's going to be um, different activities like one-on-one uh, -on -one time, circle time with, you know, with other men in the group. Uh, there's going to be some movement to kind of help you get back into your body, um, emotional regulation skills, uh, and then some downtime on your own to do some self-reflection. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to that. You know, that's my first time doing an in-person retreat. Man, you got this. We're, <laughs> we're doing lots, yeah. Um, and a lot of our workshops are on rouseacademy.com where people can learn about uh, on the, at their own pace, they can learn about sex and anxiety. They can learn about uh, how to approach sex after surviving um, sexual assault is one of our courses. Mm. Um, so we're really just trying to to put all that information out there to help people um, learn in a variety of ways. You know, like I, and therapy isn't for everyone. I think it, it's great and it can do wonders, but some people don't respond well to it. And some people want to learn on their own or, you know, with a book or a course or things like that. And so we're trying to um, appeal to different learning styles and healing styles. Yeah. Uh, and for people who want to uh, sign up for a course, uh, what are some other steps they can do to make sure uh, their heart's in it? Yeah, I think, you know, trying to understand um, why now? Why do you want to take this course? You know, uh, do you have the, the time for it? You know, some of our courses are just one hour and Actually, the majority of our courses are just one hour, but there's other courses out there that are, you know, multi-weeks. And so looking at your schedule and saying, like, do I actually have the time for this or can I make the time for this? Can I prioritize this? Um, I think reflecting to yourself, what do I hope will be different after I take this course? <laughs> and seeing, like, that that helps with leveling expectations and setting your own goals. Um, yeah, and just like a curiosity and a willingness that, to to learn about yourself, to learn about some different different ways of approaching uh, sex and relationships. Um, again, you know, if we can be really convinced by some of these narratives that you know we have to be a certain way. And so, uh, I'm not saying that you have to be the way that we're teaching. It's just be open to hearing this this side out. And my main goal is to help guys slow down and just learn about themselves and be connected with themselves. Lovely. Like I say, lots of delicate material, but just lots of wonderful thought put into this. And oh, thank you. Uh, any other uh, upcoming events or appearances uh, or speaking events uh, you'll be seeing at? Um, no, I'm I'm still in the works. You know, I'm doing some like local things in San Francisco. We have some street fairs that are that we're doing or different book talks that we're doing. Um. And, but I'm, you know, continuing to do different podcasts and I might be uh, in Denver for Sexual Health Alliance. They have a, a sex, sexology conference every year. Um, well, this is going to be their first in-person one. So I may be doing that in October. Uh, but yeah, I just really like, 
I mean, I love doing therapy. I love working with clients, but I also love switching it up and doing like educational uh, workshops as well. Lovely. Uh, this has been a delight and very to the point and very organized. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. Yeah. How about you? What got you, if you mind sharing, like what got you into therapy? I, along with just kind of wanting to find other ways to just kind of remind yourself, like, I'm the worst in that I worry about not worrying, which is just as bad as actually worrying. Right. <laughs> and having to kind of bust that uh, down a bit and just realize, okay, well, eh, this isn't going to get any better just sitting here being Debbie Downer. Yeah, you know, there's uh -huh. so many different ways you can vent without letting it build up. Yeah. And that's a big one. Yeah. Uh, and Instagram has been wonderful at promoting so many of these different services and. Oh, cool. Absolutely. I very, very cool. Um, uh, but other than that, uh, this was just also cool to know that there's just so many people who want to open up a dialogue instead of yeah. just, like you say, retreat to the shadows. Right. And hopefully, you know, this book will help spark some conversations or self-reflections that guys have and, you know, reach out to their partners or to their own friends to talk openly about emotions or about their own challenges you know the some of the men's groups that i run it's been really lovely to lovely to see them open up more to each other and get more vulnerable and i think a lot of guys are comfortable opening up to women and going to women for emotional support but to really be vulnerable to other men can be its own challenge and so you know finding men's groups i know there are some in texas that you know or other parts of the country that do really well or some men's coaching programs that aren't restricted by the state license. Like um, for therapists, master level therapists were restricted by our state license for now. I think it's going to change in a few years. Um, but yeah, there's like lots of different options that guys can have to, to practice being vulnerable and, and connecting with their emotions. That's lovely. And here we are, you know, it's 2023, the, the year to be considerate to each other. <laughs> Yeah, we need it. We need it. Long overdue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All righty, McDirt. Well, uh, uh, all yeah. I can say is uh, you, you have a wonderful, blessed rest of the year because you too. Uh, we we have to remind everyone, hey, you know, well, we're not immortal, but we don't have to be just, you know, secluded in a corner just annoyed that our life is not turning out the way we want it right now right yeah just get some movement going get reach out to at least you know a few people know your audience know who you can reach out to and open up just a little bit even if it you know and then just kind of build up from there yeah um, and the first time that you open up to someone it might not go well or go as you expected but try to uh, try to stay open to it and keep trying. It's like practice. It's like building muscle. You have to go back into the gym on a regular basis. <laughs> yes. And so you have to go back into those difficult conversations on a regular basis. Right. It only gets worse if you just keep bottling it up. Yeah. And they've shown that, you know, the more disconnection, the more loneliness, the mm -hmm. um, unhappiness, bitterness, mm -hmm, the lack of empathy, the lack of even receiving empathy can happen. I, I've had to unfriend many people who were just cynical. They wanted to come home and complain 
but not get better. Yeah. yeah. I was like, well, I'm not sure what the issue is or why you even want my opinion since you're kind of uh-huh. sharing your negativity with me. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You're not sure how to, how to be there for them or yeah. what, what they're looking for. They don't want to help. Yeah. They'd rather be angry, which is right. Who wants that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's, it can be good to like tap into that anger sometimes, but if it consumes you and takes over you, then mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's it, not constructive. Bring you, yeah. <laughs> uh, and have you ever thought, oh, you know what? I, I need to ask you this one last one. Uh, have you ever thought yeah. of doing a TED talk? I've thought about it. Yeah. I don't, um, <laughs> uh, like speaking engagements is something that I'd really love to do. Um, but yeah, I haven't gotten around to, uh, how to how to get to that i guess yeah <laughs> yeah who to reach out to or I believe in if you. there's any listeners that are yeah <laughs> yeah no because i would love that ted tedx um i'm really enjoying you know this educational piece i used to teach in uh grad school program for counseling aspects of sexuality and so this is mm-hmm. just a really a passion of mine lovely yeah righty man keep keep gaining a following and same to you. Yeah, <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> yeah, thanks for your podcast. It's um, it's really great to hear hear you talk about you know um, talk about film and TV and uh, the yeah. representations that are out there and yeah. I, I see so many who want to just kind of shy away from anything meaningful. And it's like, well, then why do you want to do the, all this speech and take notes if <laughs> it's going to just be a vague I like or dislike? <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> it's just as yeah. bad as complaining that dinner's late. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh, we're all yeah, coming out ourselves. <laughs> and this podcast basically helped us get out. Uh, we started it before the pandemic, and we were like, well, radio's kind of coming back again. So let's just, right. just stick with it and keep messing with the sound so people can actually hear what we're saying. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, that's the, the tech aspect of it. Yeah. <laughs> And oh man, well, it's a wonderful day outside. I hope the weather's calm in your current location. It's uh, yeah, uh, Austin, you said, or San Francisco? Uh, no, I'm in San Francisco. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. we're we're good in San Francisco. Yeah, we're, it's yeah. so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're lucky. We're so you know, 70 degrees or so. We complain when it's 75. We're we're <laughs> we're, we're spoiled out here. It's ridiculous. I yeah. family up there. It's yeah, it's yeah. pretty common. You're like, well, I mean. You're kind of in as close as you can get to some version of heaven. Right yep. Now. Yeah. Yeah. If it's below 55 or above 75, then we're just. You're not in a backward state yeah. where people don't care about the weather or low employment rates. I think you're good. Yeah. No, we're. Yeah. We have a lot to be grateful for. Yep. <laughs> stellar, stellar, my dude. Looking forward to your next book. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I'll keep listening to your podcast. We'll keep connected on Instagram. Absolutely. Sounds good. Let's get this. (laughs) (laughs) We'll return after these messages. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's Breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. 
you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always am I the winner. Yeah, <laughs> not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like RoboCop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com. Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a jacked up review show.